Welcome to another bonus episode of Forever Fangirls. Episode bonus, 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 bonus episode 005. Why do you say it that way? Because it works for me. That's just wrong. I'm just going to keep doing it, truthfully, because I know it annoys you, and that's like the little joys I have oh, in life. Oh my goodness. Go ahead. So uh, we are your hosts. I am Kimberly Amato at Kimberly Amato on Twitter. And I am Sheila Amato at forever fan pod she got it right ladies and gentlemen thank you so much dear i love you Mm -hmm. so as always we are a bi-weekly podcast but we're in quarantine and we get to watch a lot of stuff since you know stay-at-home orders are still in place here in new york yes and we binge watch motherland yes we did we binge watch motherland for salem Salem. right before the see the season finale aired and we had to actually wait a whole two days and i felt like that was a lifetime for the season finale oh my goodness But before we get into the good, the bad, the cute, the unicorn poop, like we did with episode 004 and the half of it, yes, we are doing that, dear. We are, yes, we're going to give you some spoiler warnings, massive spoiler warnings. If you have not seen Motherland Ford Salem, please turn us off, mute us, pause, stop, just download it, do not listen. While I would love for you to listen, I really don't want to spoil it for you because it's an excellent show. And she will do that for you. She doesn't do that for me. So please take the warning. Really? Yes. So we're going to give you your spoiler banter. And it starts right now. Banter, 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 mushroom, mushroom. Banter, banter, No. 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 Why not? Because. Why not? Because. Why not? Because I said so. Okay. There was a lot of mushrooms in this series, though. Huh? Really? I didn't notice mushrooms. I noticed... Really? It was all over the place. But no, it wasn't. Oh, my all goodness. Right, that's bordering on, like, spoilerisms. I was just focused on the series, the, the storylines, and everything else. So, I don't... I don't... What have you been up to, dear? Nothing. Watching Motherland Fort Salem with you. So, that's your spoiler banter. We are going to now delve into Motherland Fort Salem. Will you stop that? Sorry. I'm going to let you lead with this because I know that you have notes upon notes. I swear, if there's an Excel spreadsheet right now, it would be ridiculously long. No, not Excel spreadsheet. Word document. It would be like 50 pages long. It is not 50 oh pages my, long. Just, just start. All right. So there were three major categories that I was thinking about when thinking about Motherland, Fort Salem. So we're talking about the good, right? The good first. Okay. So the good for me um, were three categories. One is representation. The other is relationships. And the third is character development. So first, representation. Mm-hmm. I thought that the fact that all of the leadership roles in this film, film series were filled by women, right? The president was a woman. General obviously was a woman because she's the head of the witches. But... Usually, those are stereotypical roles reserved for men. Yeah. So, it was refreshing to see that a woman was filling that role okay. or those roles. The other thing that I thought was really great was that sexuality was actually almost normalized in a way. 
right? It didn't matter that you were either heterosexual or homosexual. You just were, or you just are. And no one really cares. It was just accepted, which was really welcoming. Yeah. I mean, considering that we grew up in a generation where you had to hide who you are and it's only exactly, you know, representation is really only come into the mainstream in what the last decade or so. So it, to see it, especially on a Disney channel show. Oh, I know the, I, I mean, I think form I think is owned by Disney. It is. So a little forward. That's their tagline. But, you know, it just seems that Freeform seems to be where they put things like this. And I love that they had the Fosters. And now with Motherland Fort Salem, they just continue that. And they don't they don't treat sexuality as if it's a bad thing. Right. It's it's part of just the human existence. Yeah. Right. It's part of you. And it should be celebrated just like, oh, what is that thing called? Where they had the guys come over. Beltane, I think. Okay. Where they just had fun in the field, you know, instead of prom. Oh, there you go. woo Oh, we're talking about sex now. Oh my goodness, really? I'm sorry, I was still on the homosexuality, heterosexuality, yes, and and it's the, part of the whole like physicality thingy. Well, I, 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 okay, really? I just my I was focused on A, and you went to Z. Anyway, so that was the normalizing of the sexual of sexuality that it was just accepted. And so the the other thing that I really really appreciated about the show is that there was a diversity of the cast. Not just in the main characters, but also um, in the supporting characters. So it's a, it's a representation of what the world is. And that's what it should be. It can't be all white or all black or all Asian. It's, it's a melting pot. It's not just with race and ethnicity. It's also with age and gender. You know, th- this was a, a show about witches. And you would think that it's all female, but... No, they actually had male characters in here. and Well, the witch father. The witch father, yes. Is it really bad that in my head, I instead of the witch doctor, I heard, I called the witch father, he was in love with you. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. No? Oh, You no. know that song, right? No. Okay. No. I have to add that song in a link in the show notes. No. No, don't add it in the show notes? <laughs> what? What is, you are really in rare form today. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that was representation. Good part A. Good part How B. How many parts are there? There's only three. Okay. I said three at the very beginning. Pay How attention. How many parts are within each part? Pay attention. Yes, dear. Okay. So, relationships, mm-hmm. right? This show was huge on relationships. So, group dynamics was very in the forefront of this series, right? Mm-hmm. And so the five stages of group dynamics, um, they are forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. Oh. Yes, that last stage is painful. Um, but the first stage is also kind of painful because, you know, you're, you don't know who your unit is going to be. You're True. just randomly thrown together. And it either works or it doesn't. And in those stages of group group dynamics, you have to figure out where you fit in, right? So the the disagreements and, and the, you know, trying to figure out, can I trust this person or can I even open up to them? You know, the push-pull of just life. Yes. Yeah. It was very, it was, to me, I really enjoyed that, watching how the group formed, you know, they didn't want to be together, Mm-hmm. You know, that 
classic scene where Abigail wanted out of her group, which was unheard of. And all of the biddies going. You want to do that again? <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that freaked me out the first time they did that. I was like, what are they doing? But, you know, you, you don't abandon your team. Mm-hmm. Right. So as the season went on, you saw how they got over their fears and started trusting each other and really formed as a group to the point of where, you know, during City Drop, even though there, there were cracks, they came back together and was one of the stronger, strongest teams mm-hmm. there. It's great to see. And then at the end, where they had to be broken apart, which really still breaks my heart. It made me cry. That scene just made me cry. I know. I, I handed you my sweatshirt sleeve. Yes, but I didn't take it. No, you didn't. I just, I just, I just had to cry. Let it all out. Let it go. Let it go. Yes. Watermelon tomato. So anyway, that's that was the big team relationship that was front and center for me. Mm -hmm. The other relationship that I thought was very important and was very interesting. It was the only romantic relationship, really, was between uh, Scylla and Rael. And they were such polar opposites that it was interesting that they got together, but they worked. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I really, other than the fact that they're uh, a gay couple, a lesbian couple, the way they were, they were like yin and yang. And it kind of reminded me of you and me. We are absolute (laughs) polar opposites. Yeah, we are. Right. But somehow we work. Well, Rail's the healer. Scylla is the indirectly killer. is the killer. Yeah. I don't think she wants to be per se, but I think it's it's collateral damage for, for what she's trying to do. Right. But she's also, you know, Scylla is almost dark, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. She's into the uh, death arts. I don't know what they called it. Necro. There. There you go. Necro. Whereas Rael was the healer. She's light. She's life. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's just kind of you and I beyond the polar opposites that we are, and the the tumultuous first three years we had in a relationship. It really is somewhat fitting because if you think about it, you've got the job that has the health insurance that keeps us healthy, and I write books and I murder people, and I'm I'm fascinated. Like I watch all those dark shows, like Forensic Files, and you're into the macabre. Well, you know what. I've got the master's degree in forensic psychology. I love it. Yeah, and I love the sun. I just love tanning in the sun. See? <laughs> the sun heals. You're you're supergirl. Uh, okay, I'll take it. Not that tall, but I'll take it. Are we done with the good? No, there's oh, one boy. more. Seriously? Yes. Character <sighs> development. Okay, keep going. Okay, so I'll make it quick. The fact that they were growing as a team and individually was also very, very well done in my opinion you know where abigail was just she was blindly following what the bellwether bloodline told her to do right yeah she carried on the feud with that other family i don't remember Libby. The, or libba libba there you go libba they were just carrying it on by the end, by the middle you know she was starting to realize libba actually made her better and it showed in the eulogy that she gave right? Mm -hmm. That she gave from the heart. And then, you know, towards the end where she actually said no to her bloodline and moved into the unit and stayed with her unit. So 
I thought that was a great development, character development for her. Mm-hmm. Tally also had a good character development in the series where she started off being bright-eyed, bushy-tailed about the army, that the army is the be-all and end-all. It was the best things in sliced bread. But then she came face-to-face with the fact that the world can be a cruel place and that you have to make really, really hard decisions. And you know, throughout the, throughout the series, I don't know if you noticed it, but you know, when, when we first see her, she's all, you know, her face was all bright. And then slowly her, there started to be bags around her eyes as she started to realize how dark the world really is. Mm, I didn't notice that, but I mean, I can see that with subtle makeup changes. Yes. So, you know, it, you basically saw how her emotions were playing on her features and how that realization came to be. And then for Rael, you know, she was, she was the rebel. She didn't want to be there. She wanted to just go straight to the front lines and follow in her mom's footsteps, which is to die because that was her mom's fate. And so that should be her fate too. She took on all of the pain of others, right? She was healing others and it would be part of her. Mm-hmm. She didn't want, she didn't want, and she didn't know how to deal with the pain of her mom dying. So she didn't trust anybody else to help her with that. And then by the end, you know, her unit basically helped her heal herself in a way that no one else before, before that could, right? She started trusting her unit. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. And then I go to, for me, I kept seeing them as this weird triangle and my geometry teacher is going to love me right now. Okay. It's like they started off as a scalene triangle. One was the longest side. One was the shortest. One was the middle. You know, they each had different strengths, but pulling in different directions. Mm-hmm. And then when two of them started getting along, you know, you'd have the isosceles because two of them were the right way, but one was not. And it just kept migrating and moving and forming mm-hmm. in different ways. And then you ended up with the perfect equilateral triangle towards the end. They all knew their place. They all knew their their purpose. And in my head, all I saw at the end was you had the perfect personality. Mm-hmm. You had the id, the ego, and the superego. They all balanced. And by balancing, they created the most powerful force. Right. Well, we already saw some foreshadowing in, in, the, in the episodes leading up to the finale. Yes. Right. And then... That they were unlike any other... Not coven... Any other um, other unit. But for me, like after seeing it break, all of a sudden, all of that contained energy that was perfectly contained within the three points Mm -hmm. is now out. What does that mean? Well, I don't know. That's why it's so good that there's a second season. Yes, that's why I'm very happy there's a season two. But that's where my head went Mm -hmm. with this whole character development. I love that they got from, you know, how they kept morphing and twisting and turning. And I I very much appreciated that not everybody was... um, so good there's a balance not everybody's good not everybody's evil everybody is both because that's humanity that is absolutely humanity no one is is purely good or purely evil but the way it's written you know and the way other shows have been written and other things we've seen have been written it's very clear who the evil villain is well that's because it's easier to you know pick a side and i mean let's take um, Supergirl, since I called you Supergirl before, mm. we know for a fact Lex Luthor is, is a douchebag. Well, 
Yes. He's evil. Plain and simple. There are certain aspects that he shows his humanity. Yeah, no, I don't see it. No? I don't see it in the writing at all. Okay. But when I go to, you know, Motherland, I see Alder and we were both going, oh my God, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? She's so bad. She's so... And then you get hit with, you know, she's puppeting the president and she doesn't want to give up power. So... The writing yes. was so well done that you were going into this one bad direction. And then when she sits and has a conversation with the three of them and tells them, look, you guys don't understand. I've been doing this for like 300 years. You don't know the decisions I've had to make. You don't know what's happened. This is war. War is different. Life is different. It is not all sunshine, rainbows, and unicorn poop. It is reality. And it twists things. And then you go to Scylla and you think she's using you know, Royale, you think she's all this stuff. And in the meantime, there is a moment where you see where she really loves her and gives up what she's assuming is her life to save her. Yeah. Until that point, I actually did not know if she really did love Royale or not, or if she was still using her body or, or the situation or whatever to get her to go wherever she needed to go. The scene for me that changed my perspective on her was when... The spree took Rael's look and met Scylla in Scylla's dorm room. And after everything happened, you could see in Scylla's eyes that she was conflicted because they're like, you bring her or else. Mm. You know, we won't forgive you a second time. And you could see a mix of fear, but also that before in the early stages, it was just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell her that she's more powerful. I'm going to, you know, she was leading her and you could see she was leading her. And then all of a sudden, for me, there was this switch and the actress was amazing. There's a switch in her eyes that just say confusion. And you can see it's the first time, in my humble opinion, that she was conflicted. See, for me, the the only time that I actually saw that she was ready to sacrifice herself and choose Rael was during the dance when six o'clock hit and she was like don't worry about it don't worry about it we are we're staying here because she made her decision and then in the torture scene where you know she Rael comes to visit her and Scylla says I chose you you know that just solidified it for me yeah so that's been all the good but we do need to discuss the bad okay so what's the bad for you? So the bad for me, and I understand why they did this in the series, but for me, I didn't like the fact that they could only be married for five years. Mm. And you know, I, I think about our relationship. We've been together for almost 20 years, and I cannot ever imagine the last 15 without you. You know, that world just doesn't exist for me. But I understand why they did it, because they wanted to ensure the bloodline of the witches, right? Yeah. I mean, even Abigail said, you know, when they had that, uh, the the party thingy or the wedding at their house, you know, all my fathers are going to be there. I was like, wait, did she say fathers? Yeah. Like plural? So, yes, that they needed that to ensure their their bloodline to be as strong as possible. But it reinforces the fact that the show really has all the other aspects of love, chosen love, you know, of chosen family, um, parental love, familial love. But I felt the only romantic love was Rael and Scylla. And mm-hmm. for me, 
that's kind of hard because why are you in these five-year relationships if you're not in love? Right. It's just, it's, it's almost like a job. Right. And, and that feels very weird to me, especially because we've been together for almost 20 years. So I'm like, well, if I had to give you up after five years, that just would not be kosher. No. It would not go over well at all. The only big major issue for me was between Garrett, his wife, and Tali. I, in a show that had so much consensual commitments, mm-hmm. you know, they never once made it feel as if it wasn't consensual when it was between two adults or, you know, in this case, two characters. This was so out of character and felt so out of left field that Garrett would not discuss this with Tali before the wife decided to come in. Well, it it kind of followed the character that he had, right? Because he didn't tell Tali that he was engaged or married or whatever. That word, I can't say that word. But it just goes to show that he just continues on that pattern. He didn't tell his wife. I just still, you know, it bothered me greatly because this is something that could have been done in a different way. There is, you know, maybe they needed to close that storyline. Maybe they needed her to be heartbroken, but I thought they had her broken. Her heart was completely broken when she found out he was engaged. It was completely broken when she saw him again and he was married at that point. I think you've you've already beaten her down enough to then have her continue the relationship when she thinks it's just the two of them. And then you find out later, oh, by the way, you know, the wife comes home and says, let me join. And Tali's like, uh, excuse me? You don't know me at all. Well, that was because she did come back after having her heart broken twice. So, like you said, it could be that this was the quickest way to end that storyline, right? It just, for for me, having that continuity of there was always consent involved when it came to individuals from this school to then all of a sudden not have it was kind of bothersome. Agreed. It was not discussed. It was not, the groundwork was not laid and and that bothered me. And again, maybe it was supposed to, maybe it was supposed to bother you so much that you dislike those characters. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but you know, to be fair, we didn't know Garrett's wife, right? We don't know her character at all. No, we don't. So maybe I'm just supposed to hate him. Maybe. Maybe. So what is the cute it's really not a lot because this is a dark series. I was going to say, there's very little cute that I found here. It was all very, like you said, it was dark, but there's a lot of raw emotion. and There's a very gritty feel about yes, it. Yes, yes. The only cute that I could maybe extrapolate, that when Scylla and Rael are together, if you take out all of the... The um, fact that Scylla was trying to lure her into something. Take out the ulterior motives. Hmm. And just look at it Mm. for who they are. There is this, there are moments of cuteness between the two of them as they discover each other and learn about each other. Mm. And I liked that. I liked those hints. But again, it's, it's a dark series. So there's not a lot of little cuteness running around. Right. I mean, Lord knows even the animals probably aren't that cute around there. Well, we don't know. We've never seen any of the animals, except for the birds. But the birds were being used as a ploy to, for Garrett to get laid. So, you know. Hmm. And birds poke your eyes out, so I'm scared of birds. <laughs> so they don't, they will never be cute to me. So what is your final thought? Well, my final thought is that I can't wait for season two. What about season two are you waiting for? Well, all of it. There's so many different, there's so many things that are left unanswered. 
you know, what's going on with Rael and Abigail? What's going to happen to Tally? She's now a biddy. Can that be undone? Can the triangle be put to- back together? What happens when they realize that, you know, Rael actually touched that ancient mushroom thing? Yes. See, I told you, there's a lot of mushrooms in this well, thing. I t- oh, yeah, they grow their own mushrooms, too, for the, yes. the thing to fly. Yes. Hmm. And then Mother, at the end, oh, was cooking yeah. mushrooms. She was cooking mushrooms? I didn't notice that. Oh, my goodness. I just was really? too busy going... Details, uh, details. No, I was too busy with my trying to lift my mouth off the floor yes. when she turned around to Scylla and said, you know, you were to bring my daughter to me. Right. You I know, was like, oh. what? Why is she the head of... What spree. Is, uh, the spree, right. Why, why is she head of the spree? And is she... Has she gone evil? Is she the one who broke the codes and who did something or maybe she absorbed the pain of somebody else and it corrupted her you know like what right and you know when when that thing exploded i don't know if i saw you know the the things that were invading the bodies of the kids you know that black oh, that thing. blackness yeah it seemed like it was all around them yeah but it seemed like she like uh, the two of them controlled it and owned it that's why i'm like whoa, what's happening? And then everywhere they walked, it looked like mushrooms were growing. Again, mushrooms. Oh, I didn't. See, now I'm going to have to rewatch it just so I can see that. Mushrooms. And you know what that leads me to? What? Mushroom, mushroom. (sighs) (laughs) My final thought. Oh my God, I can't wait for season two. I'm very thankful that there is one because this would have been a very bad way to end a show. Like my so-called life where there was only one season? Like Space Above and Beyond where I still don't know if the people floating in the front of their pod have been picked up. Oh my God. Seriously. I still remember that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great that it got picked up. It's great that they are putting faith in it to give it a second season. I think the social media backing helps. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still like, holy crap. How are, I mean. How are they going to resolve it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they've got their own plan. I'm sure they've got you know, as writers and developers, they've got things set up in their mind, but like, oh, well, you're a writer. How would you put them back together? You really? Okay. So first off, you would have somebody come up to General Alder and they would reverse it. They would allow someone else to take Tali's place because they would realize that without Tali, the power of the three of them is, is out of control and that they need the three of them to control it. And then the three of them basically become so powerful. But would General Alder actually allow that? Because now she has Tali's ability to see. Does she? We don't know if she absorbs the powers of the biddies. We know that they take on her strength and her years. We don't know if it's reverse. Well, it just makes sense, I think. It, but It makes logical sense, but it's not been... It's not been explicitly or implicitly stated. Stated. So I would sit there and be like, the way I'd end it, I'd have Alder turn around and go, we need to harness this power because now we're fighting ancient enemy and we have the spree on our back. So now we've got a two-front, right? Yeah, we've got a two-fronted war. So what do we have that the other sides don't have? We have the triangle of power. And if we can get these three girls to harness their strength and to harness the power of the ancient mushroom, then we can go ahead and we can control everything. And it then makes them the outsiders because now who do you trust? You are these all-powerful witches that are the ones that can eradicate anyone. I mean, you saw what happened to all the people around them when that explosion went. Yeah, they just got It incinerated everybody. Mm -hmm. So now you have witches who can do this. So now all the governments are going to want them. All the people are going to want them. They're going to end up, in my opinion, like I'd write it going, they're now on the run because they can't trust anyone. They can't trust Rael's mom. They can't trust General Alder because she wants the songs of these ancient witches that can move earth. 
so that she can win the war. The ancients are the ancient Camarilla. They're using the vocal cords to manipulate and, and quote unquote bastardize the language and their songs so mm-hmm. that they can fight back. So you have all these people that want power, 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 power. And you have these people in the middle who have it all. What do you do? Mm. You run. Well, it's a good thing that we established that they are, you know, an equilateral triangle. Yes, and it's a good thing that we have established that is all my spoiler speculation or <laughs> what did I call it? Spoilate? Or something. Specate? Spec- I don't remember what I call it. We'll call it spoilate. It's like it's a not spoiler spoilate. with a speculation. Spoilation? Is that better? Spoilation? I don't know. I like spoilation. You, so you can ship them however you want to. It's a spoilation. <laughs> I am giving you my spoiler speculation. Okay. Which means absolutely nothing because the writers already have a plan. Right. Oh, I can't wait for season two. So I want to know what was your favorite moment of season one if you've seen Motherland Fort Salem. If you haven't seen it, please see it first. And then tell us on Twitter at Forever Fan Pod what you liked about it. What, what was it for you that you truly found amazing about the show? Because truthfully, you know, yeah, there were moments in some slow episodes, but we binge watched it. So we got past those slow episodes really, really quickly. It wasn't slow for me. I was engaged in every single episode. You also had a lot of chocolate and a lot of popcorners. But the point is, we want to know from you what you think. So drop us a line as always. And if you do have a moment, hit that little subscribe button and maybe leave a review. We would be greatly appreciative because we want to bring you quality podcasts that you enjoy. And if we're not, we need to know. So that's our show for today, folks. Until next time, stay safe. And remember, age is just a number in life and in fandom. Bye-bye.